Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. So let's play the game. How many of you have a 5,000 plus email list? Some good, healthy people in it. Okay. How many of you think it works? Yeah, there's a lady over there that's going to be annoyed. All right. So a while ago, I actually went to a, a tech convention and I was speaking with a company called Constant Contact. Do you know who Constant Contact is? It's the largest email thing. So what you do is there's, a, there's an old age saying, know your clients when you're doing a speech. I kind of got it wrong. I actually did some research on email marketing. So I reached out to my friends and I said, look, you know, I want to know about these things called open rates and click-through rates and things like that. I want to understand it. I've never done it before. So I actually delved in and I spoke to MailChimp, MailCrunch, Constant Contact, a whole bunch of others to get the facts and to understand how this actually works. Here's the first thing that happens. The bigger your mailing list, when you send it out in bulk, the servers that it lands on rejects it because it's a mass emailing. So if you've got a ton of like Google.coms or Apple.coms, they think it's a spam and it goes straight in the junk. Okay, so you've got a problem there. The bigger the, li the list, the worse it gets. So here's some basics that I got from these people, not from me. The open rate, when I spoke to this girl, is 20% of the list based on 5,000. 20%. So I said to her, that's pretty good, actually. I'm quite happy with that. 20%. That's a thousand people that are going to be hearing my message just by me clicking it out. And this girl on the phone, she turned around and she said, no, no, you're wrong. I said, what do you mean I'm wrong? She said, that's the open, mate. If you've got an autoresponder that says, hey, I'm on holiday, I'm away with the kids, don't call me again, it's going to register that as an open. And so I said to her, I said, not everyone's reading it. She said, no, no, no. What you're looking for is the click-through rate. So what's a click-through rate? She said, it's when people open up your email and they click through one of the links to actually read what you've tried to attract them for. I said, okay, fantastic. I said, so what's that number? She said, 7%. I said, are you kidding? She went, no. 70 people out of every 5,000 emails, on average, on good average, read that email. Are you starting to see how reliable email marketing actually is now? Do you know a worse number than 70? This one. 4,930 people have no idea what you're talking about. And when you subscribe to your lists, and when people want to hear from you, and this is a tough one for you to grasp, but what do they want? They want to hear from you. And if they don't, because the server's blocked it, it's gone into junk, something like that, what do they do? They go somewhere else, don't they? People want to be fed with information. And if you ain't doing it, they're out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you. I'm actually going to show you how we actually contact people for real. Now, we're going to go through this, and we're going to open up the Q&A so that we can actually get your position, and we can hopefully help you with some of the things you want. Would that be good? Yeah, good. So how do we do it? 
there are people that say that you need three touch points for credibility. People will look up for you. Now, if you are only on Twitter and you have a million followers, that's great, but it's only one touch point. How many people here have a Facebook page? A personal Facebook page, okay? How many of you are delusional enough to think that your clients haven't scoped you out on your Facebook page? Here's a test for you that's gonna annoy. Who's got LinkedIn? Keep your hands up. Who's got Facebook? Who's got Twitter? Okay, keep your hands up if you've got all three. All right, okay. Open up three browsers when you get home and look at your profile picture on each one. And on LinkedIn, you're all business, and on Facebook, your girl's gone wild. <laughs> you're giving a confusing message to people. Facebook is actually one of the biggest search engines out there now. And they want to know who they're dealing with. Because why? Because it's a competitive market you're in. And they want to know, well, why should I deal with you? Oh, I've got a Facebook account. I'll go on there and I'll just quickly Google this girl and find out. Oh, she likes dogs. I like dogs. I can work with her. People are looking for someone to relate to. That's the whole thing, isn't it? You want to be able to relate to people. And that's searching you out. Make sure that your message is exactly the same on any social platform that you're on. And if one, you've got a buttoned up suit, it doesn't have to be the same picture, but just make sure that it doesn't confuse your audience, the people you're trying to attract. So keep it synced with all the way through. And do understand, social couldn't be further away from that word. It's a banner. That's all it is. But make sure that your message, and, and this is one of my favorite statements, there's a difference between being easy to understand and impossible to misunderstand. That's one to write down. You need to be impossible to misunderstand. Because if someone can actually take what you're saying, you're doing, you're posting, and read it the wrong way in a negative connotation, they will. They absolutely will. And you should actually start writing emails and then read it like you hate what you've just written. Actually do that. Try that. When you write an email, go, okay, how can I possibly hate what I'm about to write? Two things that happen. You'll change the email and your emails will get briefer. Because there's power and strength and impact in brevity. Okay? Good friend of mine, uh, Dean Jackson. Does anyone know Dean Jackson? No? Big realtor, fantastic guy. He's also massive. Um, he wrote the nine-word email. He used to send an email out going, are you still looking for a house in X? And that was his email. Very informal, but impossible to misunderstand. He wasn't asking what the weather was like, was he? So social. Check your social. Make sure your social is clear, because they are checking you out. Whatever you do, and it won't pop up. People don't see if they're actually searching for you. Okay, it's not just going to ping and go, oh, Todd Duncan's looking at my Facebook page. Doesn't happen. You don't get to know who's staring at you nowadays. So if you're up there, make sure you're giving off the right message. Mail. How many of you use mail? Yep. How many of you use machines and printers to actually print all the mail off? You handwrite it? You handwrite the mail? Good. The Marriott does these envelopes. Every hotel I travel to, I get about 50 envelopes and matching stationery. 
Why? Because your email box gets 30,000 emails every day, every hour. Your mailbox just tells you about the latest you know, laundry service and Chinese restaurant, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden, you get a letter from the San Diego Marriott Hotel. And you're interested. How many fingers does it take to delete an email? How many fingers did it take to open up a letter? Hello, can't hear you. All of them. And you're getting sound, texture, ripping. You know, if you really want to be creative, shove some stuff in there. I, threw some, I went to Japan and I sent a bunch of emails from Japan. We bought some uh, cherry blossom uh, perfume and actually just sprayed it inside. So as they opened up the letter, they got this cherry blossom through. I think it was a bit stinky by the time they got it. And uh, I had one of my clients actually contact me because just to make it a little bit worse, I'd actually shoved some uh, uh, little glitter in there as well. And he's at the office and he opened it up and he said, thank you for your letter, Steve, but I had to explain to my wife while I smelt like a hooker and had glitter all down my leg. <laughs> so maybe think a little bit more before you actually try that. It's not always the smartest thing. But mail is fantastic. Handwrite it. Everywhere I travel, I travel with a Sharpie. Okay, and I will actually do some letters and I will just put a little note in there. Jonathan, we haven't touched base for a while, but I wanted to speak to you if you were still interested and I will post it. And people, people call me up and they go, why don't you just text that? Why didn't you email it? Well, the reason is because you wouldn't have answered that, but you did answer the letter. Okay, and if it's handwritten and it's like that, all the gatekeepers... All of these secretaries, all of these PAs, they go, well, this must be, per you know, this must be personal. Or this may be a, a three-year-old that's written this letter. And on that note, on that note, when I go to a convention, I stack up all of the names. I stack up a little bit of a note about them. You know, I drank with them last night. Or I went out to a meal or I commented on their watch. And then I give it to my 12-year-old son because I'm a great advocate for child labor. And he actually writes these letters and sends them out. Okay, so get your kids involved. Because they're going to school and they're being told, well, you get an A in this and then you go there and then you get a B plus it and then you go to college and then you start in a company. That doesn't exist anymore, does it? And when do we stop working? When the job's done. Okay, there's no nine to fivers in here. So raise your kids right. Get them to understand what you do. Start giving them little tasks and challenges. Text. All right, so you wake up in the morning. Is he getting my good side? You getting my good side? All right, thank you. Text. You wake up in the morning. You grab your phone. You look at your phone, because no one goes to the computer first, do they? They all pick up their phones. All right? You look at your phone, and on the phone, on the bottom, it's 20,000 emails. Okay, in the little text bar, there's five texts. What do you open first? Okay, now get on this train quick because they're going to kill it quickly. But there is some great mass texting companies out there. Uh, Textafall. Um, there's uh, uh, another one's called Scipio. Uh, but look up text services because texts are instant. I will also warn you that they are evil. Because when you get an email, how often do you usually take to respond to an email? Hour, 
couple of hours, you read it over a bit, and then you go back to them and you go through all your emails. How fast do you respond to a text? Pretty damn quick, don't you? First mistake I ever did, I imported 5,000 uh, phone numbers I had. I sent a text out. I didn't leave my room for about four days, you know? <laughs> because you never get these long stories. It's like, hey, I'm doing a party with Elton John. Are you interested in going? Put it on a mass text service. Bang, goes out to 5,000 people. And everyone goes, great, tell me more. And then you're like, oh, crap, I've got to answer it now. So be careful. So segment your list and send them out in like about 100 to 200 tranches on, on the text. Audio. Do a voice message. Who here does not have a smartphone? You've all, whether you've got Android or whether you've got iPhone, you've got the audio text on there, haven't you? So record a little message and send it. You can actually email a message. Now, I don't care if you're sitting at home, you could say, I was in the airport, I was in the car, and I just thought I'd send you this message. And you send someone that voicemail, and you put a little note in the actual content of the email that says, please listen to the recording. And then it's like, hey, Todd, I just want to say thank you very much for San Diego. It was insane. Thank you for, for taking me to the dinners last night. I love me and you and your wife. It was brilliant. The thing about, about audio is you've got tonality change in there. If I send someone a text and it says, drinks tomorrow night, 7 p.m., be there. And I send that to one of my pals. They're going to go, all right, he wants to have a drink. If he's got home that day and found out that his wife's in bed with the gardener, he's going to be in a bad, bad mood. Why? Because he doesn't have a garden. <laughs> but, sorry, it's a silly joke, but there you go. Um, He's in a bad mood. When people are in a bad mood, they will read anything that you've written and look at it in the most negative way possible. And that text that I just sent, that I was supposed to be upbeat and going, hey, drink tomorrow, 7 p.m., be there, they're going to look at it and go, well, he's demanding. You know, why should I do what he says? And then you'll get a text back going, can't make it at 7, let's do Wednesday at 8. And it becomes a power play as to who accepts. So when you audio something, it shows the tonality. Hey, beer tomorrow, seven o'clock, be there. So much more variation in it, isn't it? It's impossible to misunderstand. And do you know the best thing about doing audio text? There's no grammar mistakes. And I can't spell for shit. But I can do audio texts that are just perfect spelling all day long. Video. This is one of my personal favorites. So again, we got this little fella. So what do you do? You open up the video, you click it on video. I don't care if you haven't done your hair, how bad you're looking, whatever, you know? And you just take a video and you go, hey, uh, I'm running through the airport at the moment, but I really want to uh, chat with you about something. Uh, it's okay at seven o'clock. So you do a little video. Always try to get something cool in the background. Now, where are we? We're on the edge of a beautiful harbor. How many of you have done videos with the harbor in the background? How many of you are now going to do videos with the harbor in the background? All right? Seriously, 
Get the video up tomorrow morning and go, hey, uh, I'm in San Diego at the moment. I'm at an event. It's an amazing event, but I want to call you next Tuesday. Are you available next Tuesday at 2 o'clock? Text it. Again, you've got no worry about grammar. We like that. But this is what happens. All of a sudden, you get a ping come up on your phone, and there's a person going, and it's interesting. Now, we've already identified you're allowed to answer texts over email any day, but when you get a picture of your buddy, and there's a boat in the back, they're like, what's this about? You know, it's kind of curious. And they get involved in it. So video is absolutely incredible. I use it all the time. If I need anything and someone will email me, then I will try to answer by that. One of my key things that I do is we have no email Tuesday. And no email Tuesday means that we pull all of the emails in at 9.30 in the morning, we turn that Wi-Fi off. Can't take any more emails. And then within my team, and my team are virtual, we respond to every single request in any other way that we can that's not email. So someone will send us an email and they'll go, hey, I need to get over to Florence and I need to do this and I want to do this. Blah, blah, blah. Great. We do this really crazy thing. We phone them up. And we go, Hey, Dave, I got your email this morning. Yes, I know you want to go to space with Elon Musk. I got all of that. That's absolutely fantastic. But you know, I just wanted to take a few seconds to find out, is there anything that I'm missing? Because people, they bang out their emails while they're waiting for that coffee at Starbucks, don't they? How many times have you seen that? They go, you know, triple muck a lot or whatever, and then they say, oh. send. You don't get the whole story. I have never phoned up somebody and ended up doing for them what they first requested in the email. They're always a case of, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, no, I don't want that. It could either be an embellishment of the original request or that whole request could have gone completely out of the window and we're down on something else. When have you ever phoned up someone and not got more out of them than there was on the four-line email? Yeah, how many people actually make a habit of phoning their clients? That's good. That's healthy. I don't usually get those, kind of ha uh, those hands up. But I'm telling you now, try and forget the email. The other thing that's going to come up to you, everywhere you go is greener and cooler to somebody else. So everything you do, audio, video, writing the letters, Try to emphasize where you are. You should be going out of here. You should be going up to the concierge. You should be getting some stationery. And you should be making a list and then giving it to your kids to, uh, to write it up and then get it sent out. One of the little tricks I do when I travel is I will actually, you know, because I'm a bit of an asshole as well, on the back of my receipt from the bar, I'll actually write on the back of the bar tab, I had a few whiskeys tonight, two of these, I was thinking of you, let's chat Tuesday. And I will post them my bar receipt. So get your personality over. The gentleman came on earlier about personal branding, didn't he? And he spoke to you about personal branding. How important today is personal branding? Okay, let's try this. Put your hand up if you think personal branding doesn't really matter. 
Right, so I've just given you a long list of how you can relate and communicate to people that are important to you. And you can get to absolutely any of these people. And it's not expensive. But it's impactful, it's raw, and it works. And when you're doing something a little bit different, while all of these people over here are doing email captures and they're getting the data and it goes onto an autoresponder and then there's a template that goes out and it gets sent out. One of my very, very dear friends, he got his iPhone. And what's the first thing we do with our iPhone when we open up the mail and we add our new emails into it? We get rid of the iPhone email signature, don't we? And we put our business one on there. He actually did an autoresponder and it said on the bottom, sent from iPhone. And it would be like, I know you're trying to get a hold of me, but I'm out with the kids. Sent from iPhone. Can I call you back tomorrow? Sent from iPhone. And that was his autoresponder. And people would contact him. And, they'd get it. and do you know what they would do? They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Have fun with your kids. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And he would just wake up in the morning and just look at it. Because we're so used to seeing everything so perfect, aren't we? Absolutely clinical. Everything's right. The signature's always right. That when someone steps out on the left field slightly, you're standing out a mile away from everybody else. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I am super excited about Sales Mastery 2020, the live digital experience. This is the first time in the 28 year history of Sales Mastery that we've actually gone entirely digital, responding to the market, and we're gonna be broadcasting the event live. What does this mean for you? Well, first of all, front row access. Yes, front row access to the longest running event and most extensive training event in the industry, bar none, and 30 days of access to every session after the event has concluded. No airfare, no hotel reservations, no extra expenses, just cutting edge content from world-class speakers, trainers, and industry experts delivered straight to you in the comfort of your own office or home. Click the link in the show notes and check out the speakers, panels, and agenda. Over 30,000 professionals have already registered. Secure your spot today.